Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide. This is episode 225. You're listening to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading and thanks for you first-time listeners. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, what's made eBay's list of the hottest tech toys for Christmas? The alarming privacy breach affecting more than 700 million Android devices and how Australia has become one of the leading countries for OLED TV adoption. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the new DJI Phantom 4 Pro drone. We also take a look at the Radar Pace Smart Eyewear created by Oakley and Intel that's also your virtual coach. And we'll wrap it up with the Microsoft Wireless Display Adapter. And we'll finish things off with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. And also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show, so let's jump straight in. Well, Christmas is just around the corner. Can you believe it's only about a month to Christmas? And I don't know if you've started your Christmas shopping yet. But if you haven't, uh, I've got some good news. I have some suggestions here, especially if you're buying toys for your kids, for your nephews, your nieces, and other young ones in your life. The, uh, The latest list of the hottest tech toys has just been uh, released by eBay. eBay, of course, largest online retailer, is uh, a a great barometer to judge how popular various products are. In the past, we've seen the rise and fall of various product categories. Uh, It is a great way to see what's hot, what people are searching for, what people are buying. And we thought we'd take a look at their list of the tech toys, uh, toys in general, not not necessarily purely tech, but there is a little bit of tech under the hood. We thought we'd take a look at their list. What was interesting, though, about this year's toys is that, the, yes, there is an element of technology inside them, but it relies they're relying less on a screen. So it's not like they're looking at tablets and phones and screens as such. Uh, and and what we've also found, and you'll see in a moment with this list, is that it's all a, a definite move towards more nostalgic toys, toys uh, that uh, are, are hark back to the days when their when the child's parents were younger. Uh, a good example of this is the Pokemon craze with Pokemon Go, the app that just took over the world. That has seen a definite move towards those more nostalgic toys. 
the, uh, the the number of toys sold on eBay, a toy is sold on eBay every four seconds. So it's uh, it's quite the marketplace, and a lot of people are, are taking to eBay to do their shopping from there, from their uh, from their using their mouse rather than having to look for a parking spot and go to a shopping centre. A lot of people are buying their gifts online. But eBay set up a little gift lab, and we took a visit last week, and we took a look at the most popular toys, and we're going to run through them right now. The, the one of the at the top of the list uh, is a toy called the Hatchimals. Now this is a it it looks like a, a large egg, and inside is a creature that hatches, and you then have to take care of it, love it, uh, feed it. It's a throwback, I think, to the remember the old Tamagotchi toys. Remember those little Tamagotchis, those little things you used to have in your pocket. You used to feed the, the your Tamagotchi; it would grow, and, and and you'd have to keep keep on feeding it, caring for it. Well, I think this is the modern version of that, with a little bit of tech built in. So, yeah, it does make noises, and and there it, it's thing it's on wheels and does all various things. But the more you care for it, the more you love it, the more attached and the the stronger the bond that grows between the Hatchimal and the child. Expect this to be the toy people are going to be fighting for in the stores. These are selling out in minutes in retail stores and selling out daily on eBay. So keep an eye out for that one. It's going to be popular. Star Wars, well, you know my feelings about this. Star Wars is always popular, and this year is no exception. The Star Wars Electronic R2-D2. Now, this, uh, there's been a version of this toy out for some time, but this latest version really recreates the original film. Now, those of you who remember the original 1977 Star Wars film where R2-D2 projects an image of Princess Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Well, have a guess what? This Star Wars electronic R2-D2 does just that. It's got a little projector and it beams the image of Princess Leia on the wall and you'll feel like you're in the movie once again. That's $175. Electronic R2-D2, great value. By the way, Hatchimals, the first toy we spoke about, that's $119. Moving right along, I mentioned Pokemon was red hot again this year and the Pokemon Go craze certainly has sparked that. The retro toys, a lot of plush Pokemon toys, $18.99, very, very affordable. Moving along is another toy that really reflects our modern society. It's a selfie stick with a microphone. Now, this is a really cool little toy. I think it would be, it'd be like a, a girl's toy, this one, because your girl, your daughter or your niece and their friends can gather around, put the phone in the, in the selfie stick, at the other end there's a mic so they can create their own little music videos of themselves and then, of course, share it. So there's your, they're singing along to a song, filming themselves, microphone in hand, selfie stick holding the phone in place as well. So uh, I think that is going to be a popular one. That's only 29 bucks as well. Pie Face. This was seen, a uh, very popular toy, seen on the Ellen Show. I think this is what really uh, made it so popular, and a lot of people were looking for it. It's 39.95. It's basically a game where you take turns to see if the hand smacks you in the face. You can put cream on the top of this hand. I think you take turns and you've got to wind the wheel a certain number of times and you might get bopped in the face with some cream. The Razor Scooter. Remember the Razor Scooters where you couldn't get your hands on one of them years ago? Well, they've been reinvented now. The E90 Razor Scooter is actually an electric scooter. 199 bucks, top speed of 15 kilometers an hour. A lot of tech under the hood, but the good thing is this about it is it's a toy for a boy or a 
girl, uh, and it's going to get them outside. It's going to get them out in the fresh air. Lastly, Nerf. That's always been a, a massive seller. Nerf toys, again, are pretty good. A lot of the latest Star Wars Rogue One toys, a lot of the vehicles actually are Nerf toys, so they shoot little Nerf bullets. But the Nerf and Strike Elite Hyper Fire Blaster, this is $85, and this is a serious Nerf gun. The, you can have a, a pretty solid Nerf battle with this one. That is also on the list for eBay's hottest tech toys for this Christmas. If you want to check out that list, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, last week we found some interesting news, actually a story broken by the New York Times, and it turned out that there was this alarming privacy breach which affected more than 700 million Android devices. Uh, the, the discovery was made by a U.S. security firm called CryptoWire. What they discovered was this hidden little bit of software that was created by a Shanghai company called AdUps. This little bit of software, which was contained on blue smartphones in the U.S., that's spelled B-L-U, it was discovered that this little add-up software was secretly collecting text messages, call logs, contact lists, and secretly sending them back to a Chinese server every 72 hours. Unbelievable. And a lot of people, with good reason, are alarmed. The story broke in the New York Times last week, and since that story broke there... AdUps, the company that created this software, this spy software, has since admitted that they actually have partnerships with other Chinese manufacturers, and they named ZTE and Huawei, both companies which sell products right here in Australia. Now, the Blue Phone, BLU, unavailable here in Australia, but used, it's a kind of an entry level, cheaper device that thousands, like hundreds of millions of users, not just in the US, mainly in the US, but uh, also in China and other parts of the world, but not here in Australia, the, the, this, this software was on board. But the, the news that ZTE and Huawei are also, have also been named in this really rang some alarm bells, so much so that Huawei released a statement saying that they take their customer privacy and security really seriously, naturally going to say that, and they diligently try to safeguard that privacy and security. Uh, the company mentioned in this report, this is Huawei talking, so they're talking about add-ups, they claim that they've never done business with them. They're, they're not on their list of what they call approved suppliers. ZTE followed up with their own statement saying that they, that none of the devices in the US had add-ups software. But what about the ZTE devices here in Australia? They're, they're sold in Australia through Telstra and Optus. Huawei sold through all the major telcos, Telstra, Optus and Vodafone. So it is a little bit alarming to know that there could be this hidden little bit of software on your device 
that could be relaying your information, your text messages, contact lists back to China. It is alarming, so much so that it is, it's kind of tainted the, the Chinese manufacturer's reputations. And uh, one Chinese manufacturer that has a, uh, an outstanding reputation is Alcatel. And they, they saw fit to come out and comment about this because it kind of it, it put it gave all Chinese manufacturers a bad name and Alcatel decided to speak up. Its parent company TCT Mobile says they've never had anything to do with add ups and have never had any such firmware on their devices. Uh, their their Australian boss Sam Scontos really came out and condemned these other other companies uh, that, that think it's okay to take security and privacy away from their customers. Uh, I'm quoting Sam now. He said, "This is just another example of how some Chinese manufacturers enter markets, do not disclose this type of activity to anyone, including industry stakeholders, show no regard whatsoever for consumer security and privacy until, of course, they are caught out." Firmware updates may be issued, but the damage has been done. Questions needed to be asked, need to be asked about why this was on their handsets in the first place. He also went on to say, do not tar all Chinese companies with the same brush. Alcatel has a significant local presence and works hard to localize every single device. You will not find any such spyware on our devices because we respect our customers and the right to strictly protect their privacy and security. Alcatel reputation is without question here in Australia. In fact, they are number three in Australia by volume behind Samsung and Apple. So they are doing something right. It is a shame that these other Chinese companies now have a little bit of a cloud above them and customers are naturally a little bit nervous about that whole situation and what sort of information is being shared and sent back to Chinese servers. If you want to read more about this this worrying story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, the TV market here in Australia has always been strong, always been really strong, as a matter of fact. But one part of the industry it has uh, seen some remarkable growth, some remarkable change, and that is the OLED TV market. And this is music to the ears of LG because they are the only manufacturer that offers this format of television. They've, they've really pressed ahead and made their OLED TVs, the 4K Ultra HD OLED TVs to be precise. They've really gone on and these are now leading products in the market. They are, they are pinching market share off rival companies like Samsung and Sony and really, really doing well uh, in, the, in the Australian marketplace. Australians per capita have taken to OLED TV with gusto. And so much so, so quickly have we adopted the technology that we are actually, Australia is actually the number two country in the world. Now, it's surprising to, to know what country is number one. And by process of elimination, I'll let you know it is not the US. It is also not the UK, and well, considering LG is a Korean company, it is also not South Korea. The number one country in the world for OLED TV is Sweden. And Australia, we are number two in the world. Now, according to GFK data, as of September this year, 
LG's OLED TVs were the fastest growing segment uh, with a prediction that by 2017, OLED TVs will make up 10% of the Australian market. So that that is great news for LG, seeing that they've kind of, they've kind of cracked the they've cracked the code when it comes to creating OLED TVs. And people wonder why aren't the other manufacturers putting out OLED TVs? Well, others have tried, but their 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 manufacturing processes is just not efficient. It's not up to the type of standard that LG has reached. When you reach a certain failure rate in the, in the processing, and when your failure rate is really low, then you're onto something. Your manufacturing process is sound, is successful. When your failure rate is quite high, then you really need to question whether it's worth you, the company's time and money to keep going with that particular format. LG, to their credit, have found a way. They've, their manufacturing process has been quite successful, and they are absolutely taking advantage of that in the marketplace. So expect to see a lot more LG OLED TVs in the market. I recently had a chance to look at their new third generation OLED display, which includes their own little version of HDR. They've got HDR, high dynamic range, but LG is the only company that has a certain flavor of of HDR called Dolby Vision. Now, to, to give you an idea how this works, Dolby Vision is like HDR on steroids. HDR, it's also known as HDR10, is uh, is a, a, a way for you to see more brights, more darks, more in between, greater contrast. So you see a lot more detail and better color, better use of the color on the screen. Now HDR10 is what they call a static technology. So th- it's like when you, before you start the movie, HDR adjusts adjusts your picture settings, and then the movie plays. And that setting that was set at the start of the movie is what you're going to have for the rest of the movie. How Dolby Vision works, it is a dynamic uh, technology, not static like HDR10. It's a dynamic technology. So it is like adjusting the picture settings for every single scene of the movie so that every frame is optimized, every pixel is optimized so that you are getting the best possible picture for every single frame. So it uses dynamic metadata to adjust each individual's individual pixel's color and contrast on the fly in real time so that what you get is a stunning picture. Now, Hollywood is already creating content that's been mastered with Dolby Vision, so expect to see a lot more of that content in 2017, although today you can already see some HDR and Dolby Vision content on Netflix. Uh, There's a few movies and TV series, uh, series like Marco Polo, movies like The Do-Over, I think Adam Sandler's in that, Ridiculous Six, I think another Sandler film. Uh, and others, Marvel's Daredevil, I think season one has uh, has Dolby Vision and HDR as well. So keep an eye out. You're going to see a lot more streaming content as well as disc content as well. Uh, you'll see 4K Blu-rays with Dolby Vision in 2017 as well. So if you want to hear more about the OLED TVs, and my iPhone is just talking to me for some reason. I better turn it off. If you want to read more about the LG OLED TVs and Australia's love affair with that technology, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. 
And Netgear is introducing Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square meters through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favorite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximize the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Well, I'm a bit of a drone fan, not a bit of a fan, a massive fan of drones. Uh, I'm, in fact, uh, doing a course as we speak. I'm doing my Certificate 3 line of sight course through UAV Air. I will talk a bit more about it. It was only day one today. I will talk more about that course and what's involved uh, a little bit down the track after I've completed the course, of, of course. And uh, but, but for now, I want to talk about the Phantom 4 Pro drone. This was just announced late last week by DJI, who's on a, a bit of a golden run at the moment, especially since the release of the Mavic Pro. Uh, they've had the Inspire 1 and recently the Inspire 2, and the Phantom line has simply gone from strength to strength. So this is the Phantom 4 Pro. We have seen the Phantom 4 already, but this takes it to the next level. The Phantom 4 Pro actually has a flight time of up to 30 minutes. It now has an intelligent battery, and it will also give you an alert when it reaches the minimum charge, the minimum safe charge to get back to the takeoff point. So rather than you having to make the calculations on the fly, look, how much battery do I need to leave to get back? This intelligent battery will tell you, so look, you've hit, you've got 25% remaining. I'm a kilometer or more away from you. I'm going to need that battery charge to get back. So I'm going to head back. It gives you that alert. So that, that's just another layer of intelligence. On the camera side, the new Phantom 4 Pro has a 1-inch 20-megapixel sensor, so you can shoot 4K video at up to 60 frames per second and burst mode stills at 14 frames per second, which is really, really impressive. But what has also increased uh, are the number of features and the flight autonomy. This has been taken even further with the addition of more stereo vision sensors on all sides. The previous Phantom only had collision avoidance at the front. So unless you, if you backed into something, you were gone, or it went sideways into something, you were also gone. With the Phantom 4 Pro, it's got obstacle avoidance on all sides. So it can sense obstacles everywhere. So it gives pilots more confidence in the air. They know they're not going to hit anything accidentally, and it allows them then to concentrate more on their photos and videos that they're shooting. The controller itself has also has a, as an addition where previous controllers, and you can also buy this, this Phantom 4 Pro with a regular controller, so you put your iPad or your phone, tablet or a phone, in the cradle. Well, the, if you want to pay it out now another 500 bucks, the controller you get with the Phantom 4 Pro has a built-in screen, a 5.5-inch 1080p screen that's got twice the brightness of your normal smartphone. 
smartphone and tablet. Uh, you can also use that image to edit your, use that screen, I should say, to edit your images right there on the screen, and you can share it through the device's Wi-Fi connection as well. Uh, in terms of range, the Phantom 4 Pro can go up to 7 kilometres away, although I think that's illegal here in Australia. Uh, the range has to be a lot shorter than that. It's got a top speed of 20 metres per second. I don't know what that is in kilometres. We can work it out, I guess, through that. 20 metres per second. That is quick. There's also new flight modes. One is, is an interesting one. It's called Draw. So imagine looking at the screen, and you can simply draw a line on the screen so that the drone actually follows that path, so you can then focus on the camera control. So you know that the drone's going to fly in a certain way, certain path, and you can just get on with taking your photos. There's also active track, and this is where it can recognize subjects and follow. So if you might, might have a, there's a person in the frame that you want to follow, uh, you, you can select that subject, and then it can track them from behind, from in front, from the side, uh, and, and uh, give you some nice footage there. It could be even yourself, you want to track yourself, you want to go for a run, or you ride a skateboard, or skiing, or whatever you want to do, the Phantom 4 Pro can follow you. There's also gesture mode. This is really interesting. Now, there's a there's a real uh, the, I think the 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 term for taking a selfie with a drone is called a droney. So imagine being able to just simply use gestures to set up the Phantom 4 Pro to take your photo. So what you need to do is, so now controlling the drone with gestures rather than the controller, you simply put your arms out by your side. So lift your arms up in the air, and then when you're facing the camera, and then put them then out to your side, and that initiates a three-second countdown so you can get in the pose, do your duck face, whatever you want to do for your droney. That's a selfie taken with the drone. So that's another added feature there. And, of course, there are other safety features like return to home. Uh, That's been improved so I can take the best route back and avoid obstacles at the same time and of course if it if ever and all fans do this if it ever loses connection with your controller it will automatically return home as well so it'll it'll come right back to the takeoff point right at your feet if you ever get in trouble the dji phantom 4 pro it's available now it's priced at 2599 that's with the regular remote so you want to put your own phone or your own tablet in there or you can pay $3,099 and get the remote with the built-in 5.5-inch screen. And that's only with one battery. So if you want to buy another battery, I think another battery is about $240. That's traditionally what a drone pilot would do. They'd have a spare battery so that once one runs out, you can pop another one in and get back up in the air again. If you want to read more about the DJI Phantom 4 Pro, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. I took a look at a really interesting new product last week. Now, I've, I've written about wearables and fitness products and plenty of those devices, and they're all good, a little bit samey. They all tend to do the same thing, count your steps, monitor your sleep, all that sort of stuff. There's an app that goes with it as well. But the Radar Pace, this is what they call smart eyewear, Created by uh, in partnership with Oakley, who know a thing or two, or two about glasses, and Intel, who knows a lot about technology, they've partnered to create the radar, the radar pace. Now, this, this is smart eyewear that is also your virtual coach. Now, outwardly, they look just like a regular pair of Oakley glasses. There are two earbuds that can be connected via micro USB on each side of the glasses, so they pop in your ears so you can hear your music or you can hear the your instructor, your virtual coach, 
talking to you. You're able to talk to the glasses. So if you're in the middle of a run, for example, or a ride, you can say, what's my pace? Or what's my heart rate? Uh, how, how far have I run? What's my distance? And this, the, the, the radar pace, smart eyewear, created by Oakley and Intel, remember, it can deliver that information, talk right back to you. You can have a conversation with this thing, and it will give you all the information you need. So no more looking at your phone, trying to unlock it, get all your information. You need your phone to use with it to pair up the app, the app that runs the radar pace. But that could be in your back pocket, in the holder, wherever you want it to be. You can just simply talk to get your information. I think you're also given some some updates uh, every few, uh, either by distance or time, into your run or ride, and you'll get that information provided to you. But the real thing that I think that sets this apart, and the voice commands are powered by Intel's real speech technology, so uh, it does, even if outdoors in in a loud environment, it can still understand what you're saying, and that's through some sensors that are built in on the inside. There's a microphone and all kinds of accelerometers and sensors built into it as well. I did see it in action, actually. There was uh, the the meeting I had with Oakley and Intel. uh, They had Craig Alexander, who, for those who don't know who that is, he's the three-time World Ironman champion. He's also an ambassador for Oakley. But this uh, this guy's pretty fit. He jumped on the treadmill to show me how he would use the how he uses radar pace, and he got running on the on the treadmill. And they replicated his app on a screen TV screen next to him, and he was asking things like, "What's my pace? What's my heart rate? How far have I run?" Uh, all this information that you normally have to look inside the app to find out was suddenly just spoken to him through his earbuds. And of course, you can play your music through it as well. The voice then just cuts through and tells you what whatever you need to know, uh, it can give you all that information. But it doesn't stop there. There's even more. You can get your GPS through your phone, of course. But what really impressed me was the virtual coach that comes as part of the app. Now, we've all seen apps that let you track how much, how many steps you've made, and you kind of kind of make your own calculations and set your own goals and do that sort of thing. Well, Radar Pace uh, and its virtual coach within the app takes it even further. It can actually create a training program just for you. So if you've got a run coming up, you might be running a marathon or the city to surf, whatever you happen to be doing, you can set a date in the app. And this, the virtual coach, the Radar Pace coach will set your training program. And even during those training sessions, we'll tell you, okay, you need to pick it up. You need to slow down. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. So it can tailor your training so that you're in peak shape, in peak fitness for your event. It even looks at your calendar on your device, whether it's your smartphone, your Android phone or iPhone. So it knows if you've got a busy Wednesday, for example, it'll, it might try to schedule an hour run in in the morning or middle of the day in the evening around what you're already doing. And if you miss an event, if you miss a training, it will then try to make up for it and fit another one in. What other app can do that? I think if you're a serious athlete, seriously training for an event, then the virtual coach with radar pace is certainly worth a look. The, you can see a picture of me wearing the glasses. They're quite lightweight. I think they only weigh about 50 grams, so it's not going to really weigh you down. Uh, the price is five hundred and eighty-nine ninety-five. Now, before everyone starts saying, "Whoa, that's expensive," you got to you got to remember that a pair of Oakley glasses this quality. You get two lenses, by the way, and they're prism lenses, so they're the top of the line stuff here. That would probably cost you about four hundred, four fifty on its own. 
toss in the technology, you pay an extra 150 or what or whatever, and I think you're getting a pretty good deal uh, with all that technology built in. So definitely worth a look. And I think at that price, you, you pay you're paying 200, 300, even more 350 for other activity trackers that don't do half of what the radar pace can do. So definitely worth checking it out. If you're a serious athlete, I think you may have just found your next virtual coach and your next wearable device that uh, will put you in the lead of whatever you're trying to achieve. If you want to read about that and see some pictures, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Microsoft have just released a cool new product. It's called the Wireless Display Adapter. Now, how how many times have you wanted to beam your screen, whether it's your smartphone or your computer, your your laptop, your tablet, to replicate that screen on a television or a display? To do that, you need a fair bit of technology. You either need a cable or you need mirror cast built into both the TV and the device. And it's a, it's a bit hard to achieve. Well, Microsoft has just made it a lot easier with their new wireless display adapter. So what it, it, on one end is a HDMI connection. On the other end is a USB plug. And what you do is connect it to your smart TV or your display, your monitor, and then you can wirelessly beam your computer screen or your phone screen to that particular device. It works with a smart TV. We tried it uh, on our TV. We connected the HDMI and USB ports. USB provides the power. HDMI then uh, chooses the source where you can view that, and it creates a little wireless connection, a little mirror-cast connection, a direct connection between your device, whether it's a Windows computer or an Android phone. Don't even think about it with an Apple computer, won't work with an Apple computer, won't work with an iPhone, you'll need to get either a Google Chromecast to do that or Apple TV naturally. But uh, it does work particularly well with Windows 10 computers and also Android devices running our Android 5 and above. Uh, it's pretty affordable too. It's forty nine ninety five. Uh, if you want to uh, maybe look, show people some photos on your TV, or maybe you got a presentation, uh, you can. It's really easy way to, to replicate your screen and, sh- and show that on your TV screen. One thing, a downside is the lag. There is a couple of seconds lag from what you see on your device to what's replicated on the TV. So if you're thinking about thinking, great, I'm going to put my games up on the screen, that lag is going to kill you. You're not going to like it. It's going to be really frustrating. Uh, similarly too if you're moving a mouse a lot and selecting various things just keep in mind that uh, there's going to be like a a, a few seconds delay between what you click on on your computer and what's shown on the screen through the wireless display adapter but that is uh, $49.95 from Microsoft and definitely worth a look if you uh, if that'll help you with your presentations and sharing your content worth checking out if you want to take a look at that you can see it at techguide.com.au keeping you updated and educated this is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details, to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't 
be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords, companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide helped us this week. We're going to talk about coding and Apple's offer of free, the free hour of code programs that are going to start from December the 5th. This was, has been a successful program where it's a workshop that can help teach your children, or you if, you want, if you're interested, the basics of computer science. So they could, you never know, this could spark a, a career interest to your child uh, to go into the world of computer science, coding, creating apps. It's an exciting world out there. Hour of Code, which is what uh, Apple's program is called, will run at all of Apple's 457 Apple stores around the world, including the ones right here in Australia, runs from December the 5th to the 11th. And it is one of the most popular events that Apple puts on every year. Now, this program at the Apple stores is run in conjunction with code.org. And what it does, it uses uh, development tools like Swift Playground. So that's kind of a version of the development software for children. So it's really simple for them to pick up coding, the, the, the basics of coding, uh, and then the more they use it, the better they become. There's all these different levels you can reach. So I think it, it is a really positive tool for your child. You never know. could inspire them in a whole new career direction. They could be the next Mark Zuckerberg. You never know. But uh, Swift is, is Apple's easy-to-learn programming language. Swift Playgrounds is the kids' version that really teaches coding and exploring the possibilities behind it. And, and kids uh, as young as four and five, when they use Swift Playgrounds, have been known to create these little simple apps uh, that, that, they've, uh, that they can use then on devices. You never know. They may, it may be an app they create and make a little bit of money in the near future. So if you want your kids to support you in your old age with their riches of their tech world, their tech earnings, then Hour of Code could do it for them. Hour of Code runs from the 5th to the 11th of December, and I've created a link in my story at Tech Guide for you to register. That story, again, is at techguide.com.au. And that wraps up our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've spoken about on the program at our website, techguide.com.au. And feel free to get in touch with email, info at techguide.com.au. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Stephen Fennec, and that Stephen is spelt with a P-H. You can also find us on Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash techguide.com.au. Uh, so get in there, like our page. You'll be able to see everything we do every day. Uh, we also like to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. We appreciate you listening. It's been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.